Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fifth chapter. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that the power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside, and he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha come, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. As this, at this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Telling these two stories, Mark makes a sandwich where he begins one story and then tells another and then wraps back around to finish the first story. The Gospel writer does this more than a half dozen times in his Gospel, 
intentionally using two different stories to illuminate each other and say something about the character of Jesus and the kingdom of God. So as we hear today's gospel reading, we are being asked to listen for what is being revealed to us. Another reading of the gospel might notice that Mark begins and ends with the sympathetic story of a father and his little daughter, and that the story of the woman's trouble with her female problems is almost hidden within that first story. I listened to a biblical storyteller tell this story, and he dropped the volume of his voice as he told the woman's story. He said later, he wanted to mimic that Mark is narrating the woman's inner thoughts as she approaches Jesus. But perhaps the softer and quieter voice also reflects how we tend to whisper when we speak of crises and diagnoses and trauma, as if speaking them aloud makes the suffering more real, or more to the point, not speaking them aloud, lets us pretend that the pain isn't there. Of course, the only ones we're fooling are ourselves. The pain and suffering is all too real for the parent whose child has died, or the person whose illness has changed the course of their life and activities. It may help us deceive ourselves that tragedy can't happen to us, but our reticence and our silence just widens the distance between us and leaves the other person more alone. In the story, we see this distancing from tragedy happen again after the woman is healed. People come to Jairus to tell him that his daughter has died, and, he, and they say to him, why trouble the teacher any further? Even if we didn't know what happened next, maybe the reason to trouble the teacher is that we need to share our hearts, our joy, and our pain, and know that people see us when we are hurting. We need to know that we are not alone. Jesus does not leave us alone. Jairus, the synagogue leader of Pharisee, is associated with the very same people who in Mark's gospel have already been conspiring with the Herodians to destroy Jesus. And yet, when his daughter is near death, Jairus comes to Jesus and falls down before him, saying, I need help. And the woman, whose hemorrhaging made her ritually unclean, hides in plain sight in the crowd and draws near to Jesus, risking everything to touch his clothes, believing that that touch would heal her. And when he notices her touch different from the jumbling and jostling of the regular crowd, she falls down before him and tells him her whole story and says, I need help. 
Why are those three words so difficult to say? I need help. Some of it may be ego. We don't want to rely on anybody else. Some of it may be denial. If I don't name whatever it is I'm facing, maybe it will just go away. And some of it may be shame. If I had done X or Y or Z differently, this wouldn't be happening. Jesus hears your objections and your reluctance. And he sees how you are hurting. He calls you beloved child and tells you to believe he is in the messiness of life with you. Jairus said, my child is hurting and I cannot fix it and I need help. And the woman said, my body is sick and I need help. So what would you say to Jesus? I don't know how I will pay my rent next week and I need help. I don't have a safe place to shower or sleep, and I need help. I'm afraid I'm going to use or drink, and I need help. When I am depressed or anxious, my brain lies to me, and I need help. I am alone and I need help. Jesus doesn't interrogate Jairus about why his daughter is so sick. He doesn't make the woman justify why she spent all of her money on doctors who couldn't help. What he does is listen to them and accompany them so they know they are not alone. Jesus isn't even the one who fixes their problems, not in this story. He credits their healing to their faith and belief. Now, for any of us who have prayed for someone with a disease that isn't cured or suffered the death of a beloved, when we hear these stories, even if we never say it out loud, we may think, if only I had had more faith, my wife or my husband, my son or my daughter would have been made well. That is not what Jesus is saying. Many faithful people believe and pray and their loved ones continue to suffer and die. And I cannot make sense of it. I cannot explain it, but I can name it. What I do know here is that in these two instances, faith healed their physical conditions, but Jesus wasn't there as the faith healer. Jesus is there to bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus is there to say to Jairus, he does not need to be afraid of what is happening to his daughter. 
Jesus is there to say to the woman that she is not defined by her sickness and she is loved no matter what. The power of God is active in Jesus in restoring dignity and life to these hurting people and in bringing them back into relationship with others. So I'll ask again, what would you say to Jesus? What is going on in your life that you need to come to Jesus and ask for help? Jesus is waiting, ready to call you beloved and listen.